Today is a great day for car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> <laughs> this is the car wash on Sakala Duma Radio. This is a Hangana Corner. Good day and welcome to the car wash. This is episode number 25. On today's show, Safpu versus Amazulu. Oil price and Sasol women's sponsorship in jeopardy and mental health in football. Let's talk about it. I am your host, Slu Paho. I am not alone, though. I have the man between the sticks, Sean Roberts. How are you doing? Yes, sir. Good to be here. Thanks, Ludog. And we also have the general himself, Deco Mudise. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, sir. How are you? All good, all good. And we are not just brought to you on uh, Google Play, Spotify, and Apple, and SL Radio, of course. Uh, from now on, we're going to be on Mahikang FM 96.7. This is the game time slot. So shout out to everybody up in the northern western region. What's up? What's up? And um, just to show you how hilarious we are, we'll start off with the joke of the day. Sean, do you have anything for us? <laughs> all this pressure. All this pressure. <laughs> all right, Let's here we go. go. Here we go. Just to let the listeners know, every week I tell a very, very stupid joke and they progressively get worse and worse. So there's no judgment here. <laughs> right. Here we go. What happens to soccer players who go blind? They become referees. Oh. <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fired. I like this. I like this. Hey, big ups. Big ups of referees. They better not be listening to you, Sean. Oh, enemies for life just made. <laughs> Speaking of enemies for life, uh, we have... Uh, Two juggernauts squaring off against each other. Safpu, for those for those of you who don't know, the South African Football's Players Union uh, and Amazulu uh, FC uh, are beefing on the socials right now. Uh, Amazulu's uh, manager, uh, what's it, uh, Sokela, he came through mm. he, with the tweets. He was busy saying, a terrible that some leaders at, of Safpu would rather engage us with us uh, via the media worse uh, this for the very club that used to provide them with means to provide for their families people quickly <laughs> forget they have our whatsapp emails and cell numbers none of which were blocked and then uh, Safpu hit back in a lengthy statement uh, I'd like to just read this one passage where they say kindly be reminded that they did this not as a favor to you but as employees of the club they rendered a service made meaningful contributions and have been a part of the history of Amazulu football club basically saying don't say that we owe you anything Thing, that was a job um so you know it's, what? It's, 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 it's for the this might be the only time i ever say this but i 100 percent agree with the players union here sean i also beef you with stuff oh <laughs> but but in this instance they are 100 percent correct Ooh. yeah um, there's no ways amazulu should be saying oh guys and and and, and this is what we've been saying in the past is that players in South Africa are not the assets. The clubs are. And this is exactly what Lunga is saying, that the players are not the asset. But yes, we are. Yeah. We are the asset. Yeah. Without us, this doesn't happen. And 100% I agree with Safi. I really, really do. Yeah, Sean, I also, I also agree with them, you know, because um, like we discussed, I think, last week or a couple of weeks ago, that the teams are withholding information you know, they they telling the players late that you guys, these are the situation that's going to happen without informing them in time. And they needed to do readjustment in terms of that. And 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 based on that, they're coming with, uh, what is this uh, labor law 
Mm. Most of the players, we don't know about that law. So now, for, therefore, we, we players are going to sign that that letter, whatever they say, uh, the case might be, just mm. being scared to be victimized or to speak up about what the situation is because players, uh, teams use that power you know, to, mm. to for players not to speak up because they're scared of also being victimized. And I, I, I can I can bet you to you now that players are complaining to their agents. They they want um, probably maybe agents to do something about this because mm. this is very uncomfortable for the players. And what makes it more uncomfortable is the teams are not open enough to speak about them. But what they do is they run first thing they go to the social medias and speak about mm. yeah we cutting players' salaries. Speak to the players first. Make them understand what the situation is. Tell them about the finances of the team. The reason why you're cutting their salary so that they can understand and make necessary adjustments. You can't say like, for instance, you can't say eight days before getting paid and say like, Tweet. by the way, mm. um, don't be surprised when you see your pay slip, you know, being uh, the certain amount being deducted because of this situation we're in. What else you could have told me, you know, earlier on in the month so I can make the necessary adjustment. I think it's unfair. Correct. Although we understand in the business side, maybe teams are actually struggling financially because of whatever factors there are. But it's also fair to 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 also respect the contract, respect the, uh, the assets of the uh, of, the, of the club, which are players. I think, like I've said in in, in most cowards, is that players are prostituted in this in the in this in this in this continent. We used, and uh, and this is also one of the signs that you see that players have no power, have no say, because nobody wants to hear a player speak because they, the team owners believes, or people that are in charge that are doing certain things, they believe that players mm. don't have a say and they can't say anything. All they need to do is just play football, which is wrong. Yeah, yeah. So, and so I, he, here's a here's a test. Sorry, Slu. Here's a test. Let's see how good Safpu really are. Here's the biggest test they've ever been thrown. Let's see how good you are. Because what's happening now is is certainly not legal on, on any standards. You cannot tell a player two days before he's going to get paid, sorry, you're only receiving 30% or 50% of your pay. It's absolute rubbish. Let's see how good Safpu really are. I, I want to see how strong they are because this is going to tell me going forward, are they a deal to be reckoned with? That's my opinion. Yeah. 100%. And, and, and it, it, it amazes me that Amazulu thinks that they're the ones... That, in a place to talk here. I mean, we've seen them have uh, issues this season before the coronavirus scare. We saw them suspending players, suspending their coach. Yeah. Um, and, and now that this whole thing started, within a month there, they're already taking salary cuts, uh, whereas the only other team we knew about that was in the NFD, who obviously uh, don't have the same, they don't have spa sponsorship that side. And so I'm busy sitting here going, okay, so now you want to go at Safku, you want to go at the players' union when you've mistreated players during the season before COVID-19 was even uh, an issue for us. And so it, it makes me believe that, one, are these players these players are going to get frustrated? And do you guys believe that they'll eventually sue for perhaps breach of contract? Um, you know, that 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 the fact that they've misinformed people because Amazulu is busy sitting here acting like, oh, we've given you guys this opportunity. I mean, these are players, man. They're going to find a club. They'll be able to, to earn a living elsewhere. Don't try and make excuses now, right, for, for all of your mistakes. And yeah. you're going to, you're going to make players you're going to antagonize players that's the right and, you're going to antagonize them you're going to make them want to face you and and also slew uh, uh i agree with you and it's just that it's it's so unfortunate for a team like amazulu to be in this in this predicament when they they've been uh having so many issues within the season themselves and continuing with that trade 
And also they're making it difficult for themselves, for other top players to actually look at, 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 at Amazulu and try and, and look at it like, would I be a player that wants to go and play for Amazulu with so many issues that are happening and they still continue doing that and start finding a solution for whatever problem that they have. Also of your issues indoors you know sometimes chief as as you know as families because i regard teams as families because you're spending so much time with them there's certain issues that need to be addressed in-house you know so that you understand we address whatever that that's happening indoors we address it at home and then we finish about it and then once we go to the public everything has been sorted out there's no questions there's no gray areas but i think with amazulu this season there's been a lot of gray areas and they're continuing with that trend they setting themselves mm. up for not having good players coming and join the team whether they survive or not but Amazulu, they, they they actually are a team that I wouldn't want to play for based on how they've been treating the players, especially this season, how been they going about their business, especially this season. And like I said, it's just an unfortunate situation for a big club with the historical team like Amazulu. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's yeah. sad. And and Sean, I wanted to I wanted to ask you by the way. Uh, you know, there's a piece in the in the paper today. Rob Moore, he said that um, he, you know Rob Moore is one of the founding members of IX Cape Town. For those who don't know, but he now represents players, and he says I'm in a unique position because I've been a club owner and now I've also managed football players. So he understands one important thing: no club can unilaterally cl- uh, cut a player's salary. If there's a contract on the table, that's the contract, right? Yeah. So what do you think the players? Are, how the, how are the players? is going to respond to all of this recent backlash and, and, and tension behind the scenes, especially when they know this isn't allowed, this isn't fair on us? So, yeah, good question. The reality is that we as players, I still say we because, you know, <laughs> I played, but I mean, <laughs> as players, we, 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 we have the right to see the financials. If a club is going to say, right, guys, I can't afford to pay you half this, this month or whatever it is, show me your financials. Prove it. Let me see. Because mm. you, you can't just jump on the bandwagon now all of a sudden because of coronavirus and end up saving yourself money. The reality is, mm. unfortunately, the players, some players might sue, some players won't. But you're coming, against, you're coming up against clubs that have got money in the bank and have got lawyers working for them full time. That If you really want to sue, this is going to take a long time long time it's going to be exhausting you're going to ruin your relationship with the clubs that's why i'm saying this has to be handled better going forward be open and honest with your players they are your asset guys we can't afford you this month but let's work it out like this and i will try to pay you back over x amount of months or whatever it is but come to some sort of agreement not sending a letter to the player's house two days before you're going to get paid that is absolutely disgusting Yes, sir. And also, and also, it's it's going to be very important as well to see, like like you said, Sean, how South is going to deal with it, and also how uh, how the agents is going to deal with it, because not many players will speak up mm. and 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 act on this. So it's going to be very important as well for the agent to actually play their part in terms of making sure that the players are getting the full salary that they're supposed to get. You know, and especially maybe teams that are following the right procedures in terms of if they want to cut their salaries in with whatever situation it might be. But I believe that teams need to follow the right procedures. And at the end of the day, they shouldn't forget that the players are the ones actually making the team, and they shouldn't treat them like that. But also, it's it's it, it's it scares me in a way that that if 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 it happens that players speak up, they are, are we gonna say as fans? You know, as as football lovers, are we gonna are we gonna are we gonna use those players as scapegoats? Are we gonna blame them that they're not being appreciated, not yeah. forgetting their talent? Because that's yeah. been the culture in our in our country where players don't have a voice. When you start speaking, you're being victimized, not understanding mm. where you come from, not understanding the truth behind the matter. 
the fact is in South Africa or I'm not sure about in Africa as a whole, but in South Africa, when no no player needs to speak, mm. when you look at other overseas teams, other players with character, when they speak, people listen not because of they listen because of who they are, but because of they've got the freedom of speech, they've got yeah. a license to speak. In South Africa, we don't have nobody yeah. ever have ever actually no players actually come up and speak up for themselves because once they do that, they become a problem to everybody, even the media as well. I think also the media also plays a big important part where they also victimize these players. Also, they make the, these players become a scapegoat and fans also react on what the media is saying. I think also we as, as part of the media platform, we need to encourage such so that players can speak up because when is this thing going to end? Because it's not only about the coronavirus itself, the salarying of the cut, the cut, cut salaries or whatever the case might be, yeah. but going forward is... Players need to have a license to actually speak about any grievances that are happening within their contracts, within their teams as well. Because at the end of the day, the same player that is not underperforming is going to be terminated. Yeah. But now if they don't speak up while they have a contract, it's, it's a problem as well. Players shouldn't be scared yeah. that, uh, you know, if I speak up, I'm not going to have an opportunity to play again. I'm not going to have an opportunity to go and move to another team. They need to believe in their talent because what made them actually to be playing for that team is because of their talent. Like Safkwe said, nobody's doing them a favor. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, Slu, two secs. I'm living proof of that, Turk. I mean, uh, when I was at Ajax, I stood up for the boys. I got sold to Chipper. When I was at Chipper, we were owed a lot of money in bonuses. I stood up for the boys. I got released. So as much as you want to stand up for yourself and the guys, it's amazing that the players won't stand up with you anyway. They'll rather yeah, keep quiet to protect themselves. So that's I don't true. want to get too much yeah. into that because I'm going to hit my computer. But uh, yeah, let's move on. That's true. Yeah, I mean, and, that, and that's the thing. As, as as you guys said, Safpu, it's really up to them. We'll praise them for this statement that they put out now. Yeah, hold your ground. But also, this isn't just about coronavirus. It's about it's about a lot more. Yeah. It's bigger than that right now. Mm. Um, so moving on, we've got the international news desk. For those of you who are tuning into the show for the first time, the international news desk, we just take a, a look at Europe, see what's going on over there. Um, and uh, there's been some major moves. I think I'm going to start with the most obvious breaking news, which is League One and Two in France. The, Fr the French Football Federation has come out and said it's cancelled. They have ended it. Mm. They have not made an announcement regarding uh, promotion and relegation or whether PSG will be crowned champions or not. But they have said there's going to be no sport in France until at least September which is null and void for, for the current league season. Um, initially, they were hoping to start training in May and have a mid-June restart. And this also puts a lot of pressure on UEFA because as we, as we all know, PSG are in the quarterfinals um, and Lyon are currently leading Juventus uh, in their round of 16 ties. So we have two French teams in Europe's biggest contest and they, the, the French Federation have said no sports until September. So I wanted to ask you guys about this because it, it clearly it means that our Champions League and our Europa is under a lot of threat. We might have to end up cancelling that competition as well. Meanwhile, we're busy sitting around waiting for the Premier League to come back or waiting for La Liga to come back. It doesn't look likely at this point. Yeah, it's 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 scary, man. I mean, this is such a dominoes effect, such a snowball effect down the line. Um, and I think UEFA have given the rest of Europe till the 25th of May to decide what they're going to be doing with their with their prospective leaves, uh, their respective uh, seasons and their leagues. So I don't know. I know Serie A and the Premier League have all sort of come together and decided that they want to finish 
this season as well as the Bundesliga. Mm -hmm. How that happens, I don't know. Um, but by the 25th of May, all the decisions have to be made. So interesting times ahead. Yes, sir. Um, amen. I mean, for me, is this is so new to us and uh, it's very confusing. I don't think any decision that we make, uh, whether I'm not sure whether it's going to be right or wrong because people are reacting on what the, their situation is. Hmm. And uh, of course, it affects other competitions as well. And those are big competitions. UEFA Champions League is not a it's it's a big big competition, and we all want to watch it. But the reality mm. of the matter is, some situations are getting worse in some European countries, and uh, we don't know who's going to participate even next season's Champions League. Whether if they if they say uh, and league up, things are staying the same way that they, they are. So now who's going to participate? Who's going to qualify for the next uh, Champions League? So it's very, very tricky. And uh, for me, is I think the big governing body needs to take such decisions where they know that, you know, they're controlling. They need to step up and be the big boys and wear the big boy pants. And this is the situation right now. They need to step up and take decisions because of if you're saying the league is, is cancelled, we're not going to play until September. Uh, it's it might not sit well with the rest of the teams mm. because the ones that are normally your PSG it's okay because they've been normally winning the league they're fine with that but my problem is always looking at the underdogs you know whether if the situation is they can find a way how to finish the league I think they need to consider that instead of coming out and saying no you know what we're done we're not going to play anymore this is the situation uh, this is the situation we're not going to change anything what else other countries are trying to find solutions yeah in EPL they're trying to find a solution in Germany they're trying to find solutions I think also other big countries they should be doing the same instead of just acting on emotions and saying no we're done instead of trying to find solutions trying to work out and try and see other countries the best leagues in the in, in the in the world how they're doing it because they're the ones who are actually still waiting they're not cancelling as yet so they need to find out what is it that they're doing that is right that they can also implement in their own leagues yeah for example i think uh, in germany the players are already back in training they're hoping to restart uh, mid-may i heard um i would have thought let's see how that how that works uh, how the travel restrictions function all of that and then the other leagues can make because a bundesliga is big enough that we can look at them and go if it works there it's likely to work in the premier league it's likely to work in italy but france has just said nothing until september across the board um which throws everything else into question and so we'll we'll keep an eye on that and see how that situation develops and then i also just wanted to pick your guys's brains about the newcastle united takeover so um saudi arabia's public investment fund headed up by crown prince mohammed bin salman uh is in talks for a 300 million pound takeover of newcastle united from mike ashley in football terms this takeover would mean Newcastle could afford anybody they wanted, uh, yeah. uh, put in simple terms. Um, but obviously, they need to obey financial fair play laws, but they are as rich, if not richer, than Manchester City after this takeover. So, uh, yeah. do you guys think that we're going to be seeing the same thing happen again, um, where you know we saw Man City, I think, th within three, four years of the takeover, they won the Premier League. Do you guys think that Newcastle United is headed towards the same type of, of level, or it's it's more difficult to call than that. It's not just about money. Yeah, well, two things. Firstly, um, could they afford Teco Medice? I'm not too sure. <laughs> Secondly, 
They, <laughs> this is, they are going to be by far the richest club in the world. By far. I mean, yeah. they're going to look, Man City look like dwarfs. I mean, it's going to be crazy. But we've seen it takes time. You can't just I'm buy, Azul. Yeah, I'm Azul. You know, you can't, <laughs> you can't just buy a team and then... Um, expect to work wonders but i'm liking this idea because newcastle united are a massive massive team who have been underperforming over the past 10 years or 15 years or so you know gone are the days when we remember the 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 four all draws with liverpool and the four three wins here and there i mean the peter beardsley the les ferdinands the, the greats of newcastle they haven't been the same so alan sure yes alan sure I'm, I'm looking forward to newcastle reinventing themselves in some way I, this prince, I think the fact that this guy is so controversial, uh, can you imagine what is he going to do in terms of signing players? He'll be able to sign the whole PSG team into the PPL because he's got that kind of arrogancy. But like you said, Slu, I think if he abides with the, uh, you know, uh, the laws of the game in terms of signing in players and all that stuff. It will be very interesting as well to to see, especially Newcastle is a big team, you know, and it's got, it's got so much history. And if they it happens that you know they start signing big players and all that stuff, it will just bring, you know, it just up the game in the EPL, make it better and better. I think that's the that's the aim goal. But I just I just hope that you know when when it, his controversy is not going to follow that into football. I just hope that you know football. We need we need we need fair, fair game and be clean. We don't need so, so much controversy, especially from the team owners. I think it will be better if if that's the case. But but if 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 business wise it makes it makes sense and and also for the EPL it it it, it makes sense for them to have such. I think it'll be better for the league. And uh, but also you ask yourself questions that if if that's the case and then if we, if. Like Shona said, you're expecting a team to win in two or three seasons to start dominating. But now who are you going to buy that hasn't been bought already? Because I don't think there's too many players that are very, very good that actually can make it in the EPL. All the uh, good players that are playing in the EPL, uh, they're playing in good teams and they're earning big salaries already. And then if you look at now, maybe other good players that are playing somewhere else, you look at France. But how many French players that are playing there that will come in and make it in the EPL? Because EPL is one of the toughest leagues. Not everybody going to make it. So he, that's what I'm saying that his contribution will actually follow him in football because he's going to start going to Bayern and buying players, buying them out of clothes. You know, he's going to spend so much money on buying the players. You remember Man, Man City? All the clauses. Yeah, in Man, City, in Man City as well. It didn't work, it didn't work out overnight. Because they 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 signed players and they made they made so many mistakes. I remember they signing Robinho. He never made it well. Yeah. You know they signed no matter what they signed everybody. So it, it Craig became, Bellamy, Carlos Tevez. They signed everyone. So now <laughs> and and when when the team started being successful, you see that all the guys that started actually with Man City they were no longer there. They're slowly fading away because they realized that they were just signing big players. They didn't sign the team. They were just signing players. So instead of having players that would actually make the team they were having individuals that were actually selling t-shirts and that was the problem so so I don't think if, if they come in they need to have a different strategy than Man City because Man City they survive I think Man City survived right now because of Pep can you imagine if there was no Pep how would Man City be playing how yeah. who would be coaching Man City we'll be still complaining that Man City has fired this coach they're still trying to find their identity now we know what their identity is for Man City so now with Newcastle yeah. they need to understand if they buy into this they need to have probably maybe a five ten year plan where this 
start start very slowly yes, you know sir. acquiring players you know making sure that development structure is proper so that they can bring up the players from the development structure i think that's where they need to start instead of going and buying big players if they want to become a strong successful team they need to start a development structure and make sure that in 3 4 years time all the reserve players are playing in the league oh good yeah i i actually agree with that and i also want to add i think every play, every team needs a legend uh, and i think uh, uh Aguero's influence at Man City is kind of understated at this point. Everyone always says oh it was the money, but Aguero really when he when he came, he led that team to a lot of their early championships and 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 stuff like that. I think you need a marquee signing like that who's not going to bounce to a Madrid immediately or mm. or Barcelona immediately. You want someone who's going to stay there for a while like Aguero did um and and build the team around around a guy like that cuz now Man City is you know it's, it's next level they've got De Bruyne probably the best midfielder in the world um they've got backups for Aguero so you really need a structure like that like you're saying Deku so agreed on that front mm. um kind of funny sticking with um oil money in some ways uh, <laughs> we we have this uh, discussion about oil price uh Sassol and women's football um so you know the oil price if you guys didn't see recently took a huge knock uh, there was one point where it, it you couldn't buy you basic they basically had to give you oil and money that's how that's how bad the price had dropped yeah. um and of course sasol was was impacted by that i actually know quite personally how much this company was affected by it and and um their share price tanked and we have to remember Sasol is a sponsor for for women's football probably the biggest sponsor in the modern era um and they've been key with Safa since 2009 when they joined forces uh they had a, the aim of growing and uplifting women's football and we're, we're finally seeing the fruits of 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 that labor um with with South African women football players going overseas now to big clubs in Fika, Milan. Uh so we're seeing that it's working. We're finally seeing it work. Uh we saw the Banyana Banyana team at the World Cup last year and now suddenly it's like the rug is going to be pulled from right under them because you have this the situation with the oil price tanking. Sasol's obviously going to have to decrease their budgets. What does that mean for the only major sponsor of women's football in this country? Um Sean, I'm sure you know just as well as I do that this is potentially disastrous. This is the same as Absa's share price taking a huge knock uh, on the PSL, yeah. you know, that would be insane. So what what do you think is going through the minds at, at, at Safa in terms of like this couldn't come at a worse time really yes yeah, there's not much good to come out of this conversation really um you know as you said this the south african women's football has just sort of come to fruition if you like we've sort everyone's sort of taking notice cool we've got a we've got a decent team here let's let's put our backing behind them and now this has happened i just hope that we, they don't go back to square one but Oh man, this is just devastating. And it, you know, it's not just women's football, it's across board as well. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen, Slu. I mean, that, that's my answer. I just don't know. And it's it's at the moment it doesn't look good. And that's all I can say, Slu. Unfortunately, it just does not look good for football in general, not just women's football. What do you think, Tex? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you, Sean. I don't I don't also know what to say because it's devastating for women's football even though we knew how much they were struggling, even though it's still there at Sasol. they were still you know struggling financially as well to grow the game big being bigger because they also at some point they wanted equal pay and all that stuff so i think the effect of this is bigger way bigger than what we see you know what we can anticipate so yeah man it's just sad it's it's just unfortunate mm. 
Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that one. But, you know, Sasol haven't made any announcements. They haven't, like, withdrawn their sponsorship, uh, uh, thank goodness. But uh, we don't know the long-term impact of this. Oil share, oil price is starting to bounce back. We don't know if it'll hit the same heights, though. Um, but it's just kind of this weird thing where you, you have to suddenly look at financial markets in order to get a better understanding of the future of just a game that you like to watch. But here we are. Um, and uh, I, I think I think we can kind of leave it at that. It's it's kind of a grim situation, and we don't want to wish the worst or, or 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 anything like that. So all the best to to Cecil and and suffer women's football. Hopefully, we can kind of pick up the pieces here and make sure that we don't lose steam. All that precious steam that we've gained over the past couple of years but moving on we have a segment called secret footballer for those of you who don't know our uh, sister publication kickoff if you look at the back page of that magazine they always have an anonymous footballer tell a story uh, it's either locally or internationally sometimes but uh, Sean Roberts will read it out and we have a discussion around it so who is what is the secret footballer story today Sean? Yes, I presume this was written last year as it is about the, the CAF under 20 Africa Cup of Nations played in Niger um, within this human or this player watched his current national team at this level. I believe some of them are older than they say they are. I can say that about 10% of them are using their real age. I looked at some of the Nigeria players as well and the players from other country and those boys are old. This is not good because when you're age cheat, you are, you are preventing a deserving player an opportunity to be there. Mm. He goes on to say, when he decided to forge his own signature, uh, sorry, his own age, I did it on my own without assistance from anyone. I don't want to blame other people. There was a provincial under 14 tournament in Kimberley and they were looking for players born between 82 and 85. When they said that, I went home and realized I couldn't get a chance because I was born in 79. Fortunately for me at that time, I didn't have an official birth certificate. I only had the white clinic card. I took my clinic card and mm. changed the 7 to 8 and 9 to 3 and no one told me to do it. I did it myself. The players told me not to worry because I was not the only one who forged a date of birth. I mean, we, we know this goes on, but you know, when it's one of your own, you know, sort of, what's the word? Uh, bearing witness to this and actually doing it, it's, it's, it breaks my heart, Teko. I mean, it's just um, the amount of players that are not given the opportunities out there because these so-called players playing at their so-called age are taking their spots. And I know there's desperate times. It makes for desperate measures. People need to feed their families. Yeah. But it's, oh man, I don't know what to say. It's just sad, eh? It's just so sad. It's... It's it's sad, man, because I can I can identify with that story because I was also in the same situation when I was think I think I was thirteen or fourteen at the time, no fifteen at the time, mm. and uh, there was a Nike tournament in Joburg that you play under fifteens, and I only had a, a clinic card, so they needed the best certificates and all that stuff, so I had to go back and do that, and the team that actually called me to come and play for them as well. That was that was the team that Zovilegas was playing for. So now they said to me, no, we can do this for you. And But I said, I, I don't even qualify to play in this division. They said, no, don't worry. We'll make the necessary adjustments on your birth certificate so that you can qualify and play for that. I ran away from that, you know. And yeah. I can imagine if, if, if I was so desperate to make it. Yes, I was desperate to make it, but I didn't, I, I wasn't even sure how I want to make it because I didn't have a plan on how to make it or how to go about it. But it just that it brought so much fear into me uh, when thinking about cheating because I also wrote about it in my book that I don't, I don't, I, don't, I, I will never understand the reason behind people cheat. Mm. 
Mm. I don't even want to understand it because I feel like you're robbing somebody an opportunity, like you said. And for the fact I I grew up in a society, in, in 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 teams when I started playing in the PSL, I would, I would tell players that I were older. I would, I would, I'm still even saying even even when I, before I retired, I was telling them that you guys, I'm retiring on my right age. <laughs> this is my right age that I'm retiring. I'm not retiring just because, you know, I, I, I don't make, I can't make it anymore. I'm retiring on my right age. Some of you are even my age, but they're still playing and you still, that's why you're so struggling because the expectations are so high. You're saying you're 27, but you're not playing like a 27 year old. So I think that's that's been a thing in Africa where we people cheat because of opportunities are not there. And also it goes back to the development structures where we don't identify players early enough. You know, when players players uh, are getting spotted at a later age and they don't have opportunities, the only time that they can be in a certain position is because you have to have a certain age. And most of the time you find, especially players with a poor background where they don't have bad certificates, it's easy for them to cheat in that way because this, uh, the, 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 their thing is not in, in, in their computer somewhere in, in the system of the government. So they can easily manipulate the system. But it's it's also going to be going on, and we have stories like that. So many players in South Africa that were caught cheating in the PSL. They came out and spoke about it. Some are still scared to speak about it. Some they'll speak about it on the side. So like, yeah, I know I dropped three years there. But for me, I'll always make a joke about it. But I'll still say, if I mean, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not condoning this. But Sean, please listen to what I'm saying. If you mm. cheat, if you decide to cheat as a South African player, don't cheat to play in the PSL. <laughs> If you cheat your age, go cheat there, play for Juventus, Champions League, you play sure. uh, Locative Moscow, play PSG. Been done before. You know, don't cheat to come and play here in Amazulu. Then you, 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 you. Cheat properly, cheat properly. Yeah, cheat yeah, properly, yeah. cheat because we understand. When we look at you, we're like, dude, I understand. You're cheating for pounds, I understand. But you, you're cheating, yeah. And you also at Amazulu, you're still on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're still not playing. So what are you cheating for? So, so that's what I'm saying. Like, if you cheat, cheat knowing for the fact that you know what, yeah. I have this opportunity to play for Dortmund under 16, and uh, they're saying I'm good, but they're doubting my age. So I need to do this so I can make it. We understand. Don't cheat to come and play for Cheaper United. They're struggling. They're fighting relegation. There, people are retiring on the social media. Their mothers are saying they're retiring. They come out and say misunderstand. <laughs> Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Um, next week, uh, stay tuned. We are going to have a, a discussion about how the PSL can return in terms of player fitness. Uh, we will leave that out because Safa, I believe, is meeting this week uh, with, with, with teams. So we will get back to that story. In the meantime, you can check out an interview I did with Elsa Storm that's on SL Radio online. Uh, but let's look forward to this week in history. Today, we remember great moments from the past. We dive into the time capsule. Join us as we remember great moments from this week in football history. For those who don't know, we like to take a look back into the past and uh, look at uh, fascinating stories from this week in football history. First up, back in 1974, the FA sacked England manager Alf Ramsey. Uh, he led the team to World Cup glory in 1966. And here's a funny thing about um, that, that famous 66 winning team that people don't talk about. They were one of the sufferers of the champion's curse because they were knocked out in the 1970 World Cup by Germany in the first 
first round. That's been happening a lot recently, if you check. Uh, and that England side also failed to qualify for the next Euro Championships, also because of Germany. And Poland stopped them from qualifying for the World Cup in 1974, which ended up getting the World Cup winning manager, Alf Ramsey, sacked in the end. Uh, and then this week in 2004, San Marino recorded their first win in 65 attempts. If you don't know who San Marino is, basically when England is qualifying for the World Cup or for the Euro Championships, they always come up against these little countries that no one that no one knows and they always defeat them like seven eight nil is crazy but this san marino is one of those teams and they beat Liechtenstein one nil in a friendly mm. and their previous record before this was 61 losses and three draws <laughs> and then <laughs> as a country by the way, oh, that's tough. and then and then lastly i like this one uh so back in 1965 uh, the first black south african player to feature in an FA Cup final, Albert Johansson, aka Hurry Hurry. He featured for Leeds United back in 1965. They unfortunately oh. lost to Liverpool, but it's a little known story uh, that you kind of have to dig through Facebook and, and, and Leeds United history to find, but managed to find it. Albert Hurry Hurry Johansson. Uh, so that, that is this week in football history. Wow. Folks. Interesting one, eh? Hurry Hurry Stu. Wow. No. Hurry Hurry. <laughs> hurry Hurry. I feel like if you as a player now, there'd definitely be an Amapiano Piano song about it. <laughs> hurry Hurry. It's got that, it's got a vibe. <laughs> oh yeah. But uh, moving on, we have Leonardo Castro. We've spoken about this player a few times on the car wash, but um, he's featured in our paper for four bucks if you want uh, I wanted to ask the question, how important is Leonardo Castro to Chiefs, not only because of the FIFA ban and, and not being able to sign players, but just as, you know, his partnership with Nurkovic, his importance to the side in terms of his form right now. Uh, in the paper, it says Europe is his priority. I don't know how likely that is to happen, but, you know, what, what is Leonardo Castro's importance to this Kaiser Chiefs side? Yeah, firstly, well, you know, the ban does make a big difference, uh, Slu. You know, we can't escape that fact. And Chiefs have no choice but to do everything in their power to keep him there. Having said that, he has found form that he didn't have last season and a welcome form to him. Um, you know, he's been exceptional with Nurkovic up front. He really, really has. Um, Chiefs cannot afford to let him go. They, they, they just can't at the moment. Um, the, the form he's in, uh, you know, all, all the cards are in Castro's hand in terms of contract negotiations at the moment. And he, he needs to get what he wants, not, not to be too greedy. Just remember, he's only found the last six months in form, so don't think you're Pele at the moment. <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> just uh, let, let's be realistic. Let, let's, let's be amicable with this and come to an agreement with Chiefs. In terms of him going to Europe, I can't see it happening, if anything, possibly the Middle East or whatnot, but um, certainly not um, Europe uh, that will afford to pay what he wants, that, that's for sure. Um, so, yeah, to answer your question, important. Um, he's, he's, he's got a great partnership at the moment with Nurkovic. Um, Kamboli, obviously, we know is not coming to the party. So he's an integral part in terms of Kaiser Chiefs going forward. Middendorp loves him. Um, he fits into their style of play. Biliat, we ha we've seen who hasn't been himself this season yet again. So, yeah, he, he's, he's a very important part and Chiefs need to do everything in their power to keep him. What do you think, Tex? Um, it's, it's interesting to see, you know, uh, a few months ago, how Castro started picking up from the Castro that I know, you know, the Castro that I played with. And uh, 
Castro is the type of player when he's happy, he plays his best football. When he's comfortable, he feels at home. That's yeah. when he plays his best football. And you could see that even when he scores, you could see the joy in his face. Whereas last season, he'll score and there was just, you know, no expression at all. But I think this is an, he's such an important person in the team because he also can take the pressure away from Nukovic because he also scores important goals within the, the games as well. So now you need a kind of a threat in the team Wells, you know, for you to actually to start dominating to win games, you need more than one threat. And that's what KZ Chiefs have in Castro as well. And I think like Sean has said, you know, he's in power now in terms of his negotiation. And also it's important as well, I'll always emphasize this, it's important for players to actually negotiate as much as they can to actually get to a point where they earn what they deserve. And I think he's also probably trying to get that because also you need to consider the fact that he's not local. You know, he's from Colombia. Probably the currency in the year is totally different. So when he goes back home, he needs to be also be able to live with the salary that he's earning this side. And also it's just it's justifiable because he is a big name. Mm. Of course, you know, being a striker, you've been judged on goals, but KZ Chiefs have also proven certain things this season where we were not even aware of that strikers can actually so work so hard and actually be in the limelight of their work rate. And Nukovic has proven that. Castro has proven that. Castro was a lazy player last season. Castro was a lazy player at Mamelodi Sundowns. We have proved, uh, has proven that if you're not going to be able to work for the team, you're not going to play. Castro has been working hard. He's been he's been playing and he's been doing so well. So I think KZ Chiefs, they're in a position where they cannot afford to lose their top players. They need to find ways how to keep their core of the team, even though they want to probably beef up if maybe the band gets lifted or whatever the case might be. But they need to be in a position where they, need, they don't need to build mm. every, a, a team every year. They need to be consistent if they want to be you know, part of the teams that are winning championships and trophies because that's where consistency comes in. And Castro being being one of those players, that I think they need to do whatever it takes for them to keep him. But also, like Shana said, it needs to be reasonable enough. And Keza Chiefs, I believe that they have that in their capacity to be reasonable enough. But I just that I've seen cases, weird cases from KZ Chiefs where they're letting their star player go just because they couldn't meet the demands. And then on top of that, they'll sign five, six players that you don't even know and that you just hope and wish that will come up. And then 10 years down the line, we don't even remember their names. So I think yeah, it's they don't make match day ex- Exactly. So I think it's important for KZ Chiefs to use to do things certain uh, certain things differently this time around. F- football has evolved, players have evolved, the the quality of the players now, um, and also the salaries has has grown so much. So I think we need to give players that are deserving to earn the type of money. I think Castro is one of them. I think it's important for them to keep him there, even even next season uh, or even maybe two seasons to come. But like Shona said, if he wants to go overseas, ah, not Europe, to me. Like he'll play maybe in South Arabia under this guy Mahomet bin Salman yeah. <laughs> who played probably there but uh, no, no, not Europe but, <laughs> but he's, he's, he's a good player make no mistake about it I think he's important to Kaiser Chiefs and I think Kaiser Chiefs know how important he is I just hope they're not gonna they're not gonna do the same mistakes that have done when you see mm. yeah yeah crossing floors going somewhere else, you know where now the rumors of George Mariletta going somewhere. I don't. I hope they're not gonna follow that trend as well. They need to stop at some point and look at the team itself. What's important for the team? How will the team grow based on this? Yeah, 
sure. agreed there. Uh, moving sure. on, we have uh, this uh, interesting story around Andres Iniesta. Uh, so basically, there's a documentary that recently came out uh, about Iniesta and his success uh, for club and country. Unfortunately, it's it's available on this uh, on this platform called Rakuten TV, uh, but I don't think that's available on the continent yet. Uh, this side, but I wanted to talk about this because one, I know that this is a topic that uh, piques Sean's interest uh, and Deco. I'm sure that you have a lot to say about this as well, but uh, uh, it opened up uh, a side to Andres Iniesta not many people know, and that's that after winning the Champions League under Pep Guardiola back in 09, Iniesta was battling injury, and then he was hit by the death of his friend Danny Jacques, a fellow footballer for Espanyol, who um, suffered a heart attack, passed away. And then, you know, we don't hear about this, how it must have affected Iniesta. Iniesta goes on to win the World Cup for Spain the very next year, and his success continues, and then we kind of forget about it but now recently we we're getting this window into this other part of Iniesta that was very he had a lot of problems that he struggled with personally uh that you know the media wouldn't necessarily talk about star players going through that and and I wanted to ask you guys about this is, is it a conversation we need to be having more in in terms of football because we also have a lot of um a lot of death in football in South Africa people don't really talk about it a lot but players must be impacted by these deaths and 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 tragedies and so i wonder how you guys feel about this uh, in your experience in the PSL and in local football uh have people spoken about mental health enough slu yeah i mean this is something i'm very very passionate about um and the the the, the quick answer to you and i think me and Teko have spoken about this as well at length is that Players don't talk about this stuff, unfortunately. And it's so important to talk about it. Because if the players think that if they do speak about it, they'll be judged, they'll be the victim. But, you know, there are hundreds, if not thousands of players who are in the same boat as Iniesta, I can guarantee you. Hmm. And the majority of them are post-football, so post-retirement. You see, it's, it's, not, it's not unusual that after a period of brilliance or a certain uh, intensity, one feels a moment of emptiness. And, and, and it always happens. So, in terms of if you can put yourself in, uh, maybe take on it. Certainly, I did as well. You've had 15, 16 years of playing at such intensity. You have to be perfect every day. If you're not perfect, what do people think? Um, injuries, uh, loss of family members, or or um, you know close friends, and you know, and and, and then all all that stops, and then all of a sudden you're alone. You've had years of where people are literally packing your bags for you feeding what you want to uh, eat i'm telling you what to do every day and that also stops and you're sitting alone and there is a sense of depression that can kick in certainly and if you're not around the right people to help you you can very quickly spiral down the wrong way mm -hmm. um and it's just um it's it's something that is not spoken about certainly in local football um, and it might be different in rugby or cricket, whatever, but in local football, it is not spoken about it. It's not spoken about it all. And it's something that needs to really be addressed. It's something I'm really passionate about and something that I'm looking to help other players in because I, cer I certainly suffered, I wouldn't say with depression, but the transition from playing to not playing, I certainly felt it very difficult and certainly still going through it. Um, and yeah, it's 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 sad. And you watch people on TV, you think they've got the best lives, but we've all got mm. our own demons we need to deal with. And Teko, you know, what do you think? I mean, you've also just retired. I don't know how you're finding the transition and whatnot, but it's it's certainly, it's a lot easier to speak about with people that have been through the same as yourself, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Uh, first of all, I'll, 
on on Iniesta's issue, I think um, for him at least there was a system that was in place. Mm. You know, because you know, growing up in the development structure of Barcelona and the youth system, you know, it plays that important role because of it helps with your personal growth, your maturity, you know, finding solutions and uh, and 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 probably maybe tackling the problems that you have because this is the tea, this is the core of the development that came up and play in the in, in the senior side where they had that you know that that that, that unity that they have you could see the certain things that they were taught that they use system and uh, for him to actually come out and speak about it you know I feel so refreshed because this is the issue that I also struggle with I was so depressed for so long what else um, it didn't affect my game, but my personal life got affected so much. Where, where, I think the only the only thing is like I'll put the fear of of failure, and I work so hard on the game so that you know if when you look at me you don't see my depression, you don't see my issues. So the only thing that you can speak to me about is my performance. Other than that, you can't. You, I I I started building this wall because I was so depressed because one. You have this opportunity to to be great, to go overseas, to do this, to better yourself, to do this, and then when that doesn't happen, and uh, so many issues, politics that comes with it, you know, it's 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 only one way to go. You know, you're gonna be depressed, and sometimes, not even sometimes, in our country, we don't speak about depression, we don't speak about counselling. Footballers in South Africa, we don't know about those type of things. We don't know where to go to because most of the time we're surrounded by people that are blowing vuvuzelas for us. We don't, they don't even know what depression is because all they want from you is take, 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 take. When it's time for them to actually give you that that that, that motivation back to to show you the right ways, normally that doesn't happen. And they're like you're right, Sean. I think this is a conversation that we need to speak more about. But just players also they're scared to be, you know, to be labeled as yeah dep- depression because most of most of people don't even know what depression is. Like um, look at him, he's depressed. Not understanding what comes with depression because now you lose your self-esteem. You know. You no yeah. longer feel like doing what you like because now it's becoming so annoying. It becomes a drag. You're no longer interested in stuff that makes your personality blossom. And mm. I think with that, we've 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 seen with that with with so many players within the league. I'm not gonna name players, but I'll name a situation. You we speak about consistency, right? Within 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 our country, like yeah, players are not consistent. This this, but we've never 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 looked at. And I, I, maybe isolate the issue. What what is it that brings us players not to be consistent? Because most of the time we look at the top players, we judge them next to him like ah, he's no longer the same player because of why the expectations are too high, mm. and then now he gets into that position where now he had to be, uh, he's expected to perform in a certain way every single day. And when he doesn't that, when he doesn't do that, he looks at the media. People are bashing him. They're doing all those type of things. What does he do? Mm. He goes back to his show. He protects himself. Now he becomes so depressed. Now, now most of the most of the players that depression also reflects on the game. Now they're no longer interested in the game. So now the game, their game starts fading away. The most simplest things that they used to do now becomes a problem. Controlling the ball, simplest thing ever, basics now becomes a problem. You look at mm. you, you start questioning yourself as a fan. But what's happening with him? Then you start trying to make up an excuse for them. Nah, it's because he's got a bigger house. Nah, a bigger car. Nah, he's got a better salary. He's got a better contract. Not understanding the mm. pressure that comes with that causes the depression in our football and i think like sean you said if you're in that position my friend were you trying to help please bring me in because there's mm. so much depth in this situation there's so much issues underlying yeah. 
uh, in our South African football players. Hence, we don't see so many making it overseas. <clears throat> Hence, we don't see so many playing at a high level at the same tempo every season. Very few players that are coming up and playing that way. But mm. there's, there's, there's a point in, in, in one's careers uh, uh, where you have to face this type of issues where you're so depressed. I can imagine you, Sean, with so many injuries. Mm. I, fortunate enough, I never had so many injuries, but I knew that one thing that made me so depressed was if not playing well, when people start talking about certain things that they're not football uh, topics, it made me so depressed because all I wanted people to know me for was football, nothing else. I didn't want anybody to know what type of shoes I'm wearing. What I just wanted people to know my name based on football. And when that, you know, that started changing, that started being two persons, two personalities. I needed to protect one, and I started protecting myself so much. Yeah. That's why people started. That's why people started saying you know, I was arrogant yeah. and all that stuff. But yeah. I was just building this wall, trying to protect myself because I felt. You know, it's 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 a sensitive issue for me. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, you, you guys. Yeah, I'd l- I'd love to yeah. do a full podcast on this. Actually, uh, take me and you just talk and and slew obviously like a full podcast on this because it's uh it's something obviously me and you are very passionate about something we've both been through, um and I can tell you now eighty percent of the players are going to be going through it or have not gone through it already. So, um yeah, I look forward to that podcast, bud. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, big topic, and I mean you guys have spoken at length, and, and neither of you had this particular issue, but we don't speak enough in this country about self medicating, and a lot of booze addiction is just self-medicating for those similar type of issues and mm. yeah you know what I, you know what i'm saying so so we we can get into that at length of course yeah. uh, mm. just to let you guys know i mean this mental health conversation it's a it's a babushka doll you know you peel one layer there's another layer there so um we we definitely have to get back to it i'm just looking sure. at time now we do have to kind of draw the show to a close uh we, we didn't get to get into some transfer stuff with akbay and saudi arabia but we'll get back to that um so let's take a look at uh, every every week we have the the, the man himself, Sean Roberts. Uh, tell us what the car of the week is, the Vavavoom. What Vavavoom. wheels are we looking at this week? The, the Vavavoom. A, a few years ago, guys, I was um, just driving along by Cape Town Stadium and I, I saw a beautiful looking human in Tecum Adisa driving Ooh. a Ford Mustang. So... Teco, I mean, this is when you, I think, just arrived at Cape Town City, wasn't it? And yeah, you, yeah. you got sponsored a Ford Mustang. I don't know much about it. I mean, just tell us a little about that, bud. No, it was, it was, it was, it's, it's a big car. It's a nice, beautiful car to drive. Um, the way it looks, it's that, that's how it actually performs. And I actually enjoyed it because, you know, in Cape Town, especially on the Sundays, mm. you know, the road is open, so I could test it a bit, but I enjoyed driving it. But it's just that the weirdest part is it's got my name on the side, so I couldn't do anything illegal because <laughs> it's, it's it's easily to identify. But I, I honestly enjoyed the relationship that I had with Ford, and it was one of the best cars that I've driven, so mm. it was dope. Yeah, it was beautiful. I mean, uh, the Ford Mustang ranging from 450000 to $1.2 million. Um, It is sort of recently... And reinvented itself in the South African market. The, the market. The only downsize really of this car is the poor rear visibility and the severely cramped rear seats. Oh man, that's a muscle car for a strong player. Um, and you know we all need strength in these times. I think we need a little bit of motivation, Sean. Yeah. So motivational quotes of the day to end off: the privilege of a lifetime is being who you are. What do I mean by that? What I'm trying to say is that don't be scared to be yourself. We're all born with uniqueness that is within us all. 
And it's up to us to really access this. And I promise you, the minute you stop caring what people think, the minute you stop worrying what what could possibly go wrong and start focusing on what can possibly go right and who you actually are, the magic starts happening. Ah, man, I think this is the best motivation you've never ever given us, Sean. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. That one is tight. No, no, thanks, man. That's dope. And that is how we wrap up episode 25 of The Car Wash with Deco Mudise and Sean Roberts. Oh, so yeah. whether you're listening on Spotify, SL Radio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or now Game Time at Mahi Gang 96.7, we say sayonara, cheers, dot scenes, and uh, have a solid, solid one, guys. Uh, it's, it's been a pleasure as always. Sean, Deco, cheers, guys. Thank you, cheers. Today is a great day for a car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> <laughs> this is the car wash on Sakala Duma Radio. This is a Fagana corner.